0: yo welcome to how to write a novel uh i'm gonna see if i can talk to myself without running into people i think i can it's about 10 o'clock at night i'm just in this weird little suburb so if you go to the edge of amsterdam like the next city south is amstelveen it's one of those situations where it's just like one city becomes the other city you know they're connected Then you get to the edge of Amstelveen, and it's funny, just those little things that are weird and different, like, instead of like, hey, you are now entering whatever, you are now leaving whatever, it'll just say the name of the place with a big red line through it. Like, Amstelveen, fuck Amstelveen, you're leaving. This is the edge of Amstelveen. It's just strange to see, uh, just uh, to make a sign that is just like, not this place. (laughs) I don't know, it's funny. So then you go past all of the, uh, farmland and the cows and the sheep I was talking about last time and you get to Ui which is where I am now, which is where, uh, there's dog walkers everywhere and they're, uh, weirding me out. It's like the pod people. Everything's really quiet here. I always heard that about Germany too, just like quiet, big doors, heavy locks. It'll be interesting to go to Germany sometime because, uh, There's a lot of YouTube videos about Germany. i picked up a lot of German information. Not so much about the Netherlands, but they seem real similar. Weird toilets. No bug screens on windows. (laughs) Just, I don't know. Just a weird place. But anyway, that's where I am now. It's kind of neat in a way. There's like uh, this McDonald's on the edge of Uithorn. And it's just a weird thing to walk out of a McDonald's, and all you see across the parking lot is irrigation fields, like just, just nothing. (laughs) Just complete fucking farmland next door to a McDonald's. It's really strange. And I have no idea about my pronunciation. It's probably all fucked up. Some words are pronounced pretty much, a lot of them are pronounced just how you'd expect with uh, English pronunciation, but then some of them are weird, like zooid, which I eventually figured out I was proud of myself. I figured out that it means south. But in that word, it's more like the Z is a J, the D is a T, and the O is an O. So it's like jot, jot, south, jot. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about is I noticed the other day that uh, back when I did this podcast every day for the first couple months, some of those early episodes I forgot to put the episode image, like the podcast image, on the file. I guess just because I was cranking them out so fast, I fucked up. And uh I just realized that the other day. But yeah, I noticed that uh I think there's like three episodes that I forgot to put the uh the image on. So I threw the image back on, re-uploaded them. So then I just, you know, it's like alright, let me. Now that I've re-uploaded them, I'll download them and just make sure they downloaded okay. And it was a nice little opportunity to like, oh, let's just go back and listen to some of these older episodes of this podcast. And what I noticed is, uh, it's, this is the most insanely redundant podcast ever. I think I said it in the very first episode that like, probably this podcast will just be repeating the same basic fucking shit over and over and over. And that is true to an absurd degree. I mean, even just the very first episode, but by the first two or three, I've said everything I'm gonna say, basically. (laughs) I just keep repeating it over and over. Even shit like uh, last episode, I just told the story about writing on Twitch and how I thought that might be an idea to get me over this hump. You know, I thought of that and I'm like, oh, I should tell that story. I already told that story. I told it way back in like episode 12 or something. So, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. If you stuck with this podcast this long, thank you very much. But it is, like, yeah, just super, super repetitious. Just the same basic advice of uh, grinding away, doing little bits of work every day. That's what I've been saying since the start, and that's all I'm saying now. <laughs> you know? I think it's appropriate that I only update this podcast, like, once in a while now. But what I think is important, what is good about that, though, is... You know, I'm not just uh, reaching for new shit to talk about or trying to dig up other topics to discuss or whatever. I really am just focusing on here is what works for me. Here is the, here's the grind. Here's the loop. Here is the course of action that got me to the end of a book before and is getting me to the end of a book now. And what's really great is going back and listening to that old shit so when I first started this podcast, I was just finishing chapter 12 of this book. And I thought that's deep enough in that I felt like I had a good uh foothold, I had a good fucking pole planted in the ground of like, yeah, I'm going to write this book. Let's chronicle the writing of this book. And what's cool is that even though I don't necessarily have much new to say about the process, you know, I have just been repeating different slants on the same basic thing over and over and over the slow grind make sure you work every day but don't kill yourself if what you do on a given day isn't that much as long as it's something here we are now whatever this has been episode whatever this is 80 something you know i think a year and a half since i started this podcast and i just finished chapter 31 And that just seems so cool just to listen back to when I was like, I just finished chapter 12 and it's just like, man, the proof's in the pudding, right? Like this is working. I'm on chapter 31, you know, it's just a matter of time. Just got to keep going. I don't know how many chapters there's going to be. I'm guessing around 50. My notes are not that uh, distinct. It'll just go as long as it goes. It'd be nice if if it all just wrapped up on chapter 50 that would be cool but if it happens it happens you know probably it won't <laughs> it'll probably be some weird number chapter 46 will be the last chapter or something although the books also split into five parts it just occurred to me that i could start over at chapter one for each section but hey whatever i'll worry about that later i'll just see how uh, visually how it strikes me once the whole thing's done But yeah, I just thought that was cool. That's all, I guess. That's all I really want to say this episode. Is, yeah, the slow and the steady. It's not glamorous. It's not exciting. It's just a grind. It's just a process. It's just living your life and making sure you cram in some writing every day and it just adds up. You get from chapter 1 to chapter 12 to chapter 31... And yeah, that's just cool, man. That's just cool. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It is like, really, it's weird. Like writing, it is, it's so hard and it's so, you know, it's so difficult to pull off. And it is like, just, it's a popular topic because so many people want to do it, but so few people can really manage it. But the reality of how to do it is not complicated and is not fancy and is not difficult. It's just slow and steady. Just a slow, gradual process and as long as you just keep pushing and you don't stop you get places you move forward you move ahead and you hear that that fucking weird this recorder just picks up weird signals radio signals or whatever and this is my first time that it's picked up the weird fucking annoying sound in europe so there you go (laughs) it's not just a north american problem Sure is fucking annoying, though, so uh, (laughs) I had one other little thing to say, but I'll save it. I'll fucking record that tomorrow. All right, I'm back. It's the next day. This is actually, so last night I noticed while I was walking home that uh, there's a lot of, uh, because I don't really understand how this works, but Amsterdam is below sea level. And I saw a map once of like, if it weren't for the seawalls and shit that they set up, like, here's how much of it would be underwater. And I tried to look up like, what the fuck does that mean? How did they set this up in the first place? How do you push back the ocean? I don't understand it. <laughs> but anyway, somehow that's how it is around here. That's what the Netherlands means, the lowlands. It's weird too, cause uh I read somewhere that uh, the Dutch are on average the tallest people in the world, and it's totally true, man. I mean, I'm pretty tall, I'm like 6'2", but uh, you know, it's pretty ethnically diverse around here, so anybody who is not a white dude is pretty short. But yeah, there's these tall, skinny white guys everywhere. Like normally, I don't know, I might see a, a person or two a day who's taller than me. It's not that common, usually. Where here, probably one out of every, like, 50 people is as tall as me, if not taller. Like, it's weird to see so many people that are taller than me, these tall, gawky white guys. And then there's even, like, a good little handful of women that are as tall as me. It's just it's just weird. It reminds me of... Uh, Like in some Lord of the Rings shit, or some fantasy shit, like, you know? Or or even just the olden times of the actual Earth, (laughs) when it was harder to travel. Like, you'd hear these stories, probably, of like, have you heard of the lowlands? You heard of this place? Everyone's tall as fuck! (laughs) You know, they're just these weird tall people. And it's windy. might hear some wind in the recorder, which I guess makes sense, because it's really flat here, hence the uh, sea levelness and they're famous for the windmills, and it's like, oh yeah, of course. Of course it's windy all the time. It's by the ocean, there's no uh, fucking hills at all. It's crazy flat. So yeah, of course they're famous for windmills. Of course it's windy all the time. Anyway, what I was saying, what I was trying to say, fucking rambling. Last night I walked by this stretch of houses that are by water. Like, there's a lot of water, a lot of canals, Amsterdam proper is full of canals. Now that I'm out here in Uithorn, it's more, they're more like lakes. But it was uh, super beautiful at night, these houses on the water, just awesome looking. Now I'm here in the day in the same spot, and uh, it's not as good, but it's still pretty good. Pretty good. It's weird that there's not more insects. Maybe the wind helps with that too? But like where I'm from, New Brunswick, Canada, there is just so many bugs in the spring with uh, swamp water, stagnant water. It's bad for mosquitoes and stuff. It's weird that that's not a thing here. Very few insects at all. One thing that's uh, pretty cool about being far out like this in these like outskirt areas is it really is like this is the actual netherlands you know it's like there's zero expectation of english like everybody here seems like they can speak english pretty well obviously in amsterdam proper things are you know kind of arranged for tourists quite a bit but out here like zero it's just all dutch but it's kind of neat when stuff just sort of works out like uh the kind of standard grocery store sort of drugstore place is called albert Heijn, and they have a lot of self-checkout stuff So I usually do that, you know, just scan your own shit, fucking run the card through, be a nice antisocial weirdo, not have to talk to anybody. But for some reason I was at this one where my, my dumb little card wouldn't work, which is like, man, I was thinking about that. Like, holy fuck, I'd be in trouble if I lost that bank card. It actually got stuck in an ATM the other day. It just like, please wait a moment while we read your card. And it just never read the card, but it was like locked in. I did take a second card and like pry the thing out of the atm and i was thinking like what would i do if i lost this and the reason i put it in the atm is because i'd run out of fucking cash so i had no money my fucking bank card was stuck in this machine i've got like a prepaid credit card maybe i could manage something with that and since my phone is a canadian burner it doesn't really work as a phone outside of canada there's no uh, branches of my bank here If I lost this bank card, I don't know what, man, I'd be in big trouble. (laughs) It would be fucked up. It's something I never really realized until then. Maybe I should try to do something about that. I should ask my bank when I get home. It's like, can I just get like another bank card? Am I allowed to have a backup? Can I have two? Keep one in my book bag? But as long as you have a bank card, it's great. Everything's fine. But anyway, this fucking machine wouldn't read my thing. So I had to go through the normal checkout. But I noticed while using the machine, you know, it always asks if you want to scan your little Albert Heijn card, you know, your little loyalty card, customer card, whatever, get bonus points, whatever bullshit. And that's how it is in Canada too, just shoppers, drug mart, you know, they're always trying to get you to sign up for the stupid card. But it's just neat where, uh, like, I just went through this whole little interaction at the grocery store, completely in Dutch. I didn't understand a fucking word of what was being said. But it didn't matter, because I just have got the context down, you know? It's like the lady was like, okay, this cost this much, which I... I don't know what she said. But luckily numbers are universal, you know, so I just gave her the right amount of money. And she just said like, you know, if you got your, your bonus card, your loyalty card, your little scan card. And again, I don't actually know that she said that. I didn't understand a fucking word that she said. But it was just neat that just in that split second, I just knew, oh, that's what that means. Of course, she's asking for the card. The machine asks for the card. Back in Canada, they ask if you got your card. It's just the card. So I just said, oh, no, I don't have one, but it's okay. And it was just kind of neat. It was just neat to not understand anything, but it didn't matter. You know, it's just like the whole transaction just went by totally normal. The girl kind of gave me a slightly strange look that I was answering everything in English. It's like, is this guy English? Did he just understand that Dutch? But whatever, hey, who cares? Next customer up. And I guess that is kind of just the general feeling, what I like about this trip, compared to my last one, is just that kind of thing. Just everything seems a little smoother, everything seems a little easier. Basically, there is still just like a lot of the weirdness, the kind of otherness, the foreignness, if you will, of being in a foreign country, but it's like the volume is just turned down. Something that might have stressed me out a little before. Now it's just like, no problem, just whatever, it's all cool. It's nice, it feels good. Definitely feels like a, a distinct improvement over my last trip here. I think the main thing that is still legitimately weird and just unpleasant and strange about this place really is the bathroom culture. I mean, I've got uh, I gotta pee a lot. <laughs> this is the thing where I've got high metabolism. And uh, I mean, it got to the point where I, I was peeing often enough that I, I did go to a doctor at one point because I somebody told me that that could be a sign of like prostate cancer and shit. So I was like, holy fuck, I better get that checked out. And it turns out I just have uh, quick metabolism. My organs are literally small. <laughs> they did like a, an MRI or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you have a small bladder and a small everything, a small stomach. And there's also just something about how, something about how my bladder doesn't drain quite properly. Like, I don't know, sometimes when I pee, I gotta pee again in 20 minutes. It's just, just how it is. But the guy was like, hey, you know, there is a surgery for this, but it's for old men. You shouldn't get this surgery till you're like in your 60s. Because otherwise it'll just reverse itself naturally and uh, you only get one kick at the can. So basically, you just got to pee more than other people, and that's just how it's going to be. I was like, hey, that's fine. Compared to prostate cancer, that's fine. (laughs) I'll take it. But I'm uh, extremely aware of bathrooms. Like, my whole sort of mental map of every city I've ever been to is basically, where can I go to pee? And sometimes it's not necessarily a bathroom bathroom. (laughs) It might just be like, oh man, there's some sweet bushes over here that if it's like late at night and it's dark, no one's going to see me go back there and pee, you know. I got I got the ultimate pee map. If you need to know where to pee in Vancouver, Toronto, Amsterdam, Montreal, New York circa 2009. <laughs> Probably need to update my New York fucking knowledge. But that's what I got, man. I can tell you. And just the the way that bathrooms are not just available here is the worst like if you go to like the library you can go to the bathroom like a normal human if you go to a starbucks they're pretty reliable it's like you know you just got to get the code on your receipt like your receipt will have the the door code for the bathroom that's fine that's like that's not that weird north america does that too just to keep weird homeless people out and stuff everywhere else you're probably fucked (laughs) like even if it's like I think I said last time, like a McDonald's or a Burger King. These are fucking not-Dutch companies. Why would they come into the Netherlands and charge you 50 cents or a dollar to piss? It's so fucking weird. It's like this culture expects that? This culture wants that? It's the fucking weirdest. There's uh, this mall between Uithorn and Amsterdam is Amstelveen. And I was like, oh, this place seems pretty nice. And like... Right by Amstelveen Station is like a a big mall. This is kind of cool, maybe I'll hang out here sometimes. But even in the mall, it costs a dollar to go to the bathroom. And sometimes, or maybe it's 50 cents. A 50 cent piece is almost worse. It's hard to get a 50 cent piece compared to a dollar piece. There's plenty of times when I haven't gone there because I don't have the right change to piss. And even if I had it, it's like, well, now I got to plan this out. Because I can only piss once, because then I don't have... Like, I fucking hate it. It's so awful. And this little mall I was at uh, in Uithorn, where I just had the nice little... Oh, cool, I can navigate a fucking a drugstore in, uh, in Dutch. That's cool. But that place doesn't even have a bathroom. It's a pretty big complex. There's probably 30 stores in this little mall, and there's no public restroom. Why do you hate yourselves, Dutch people? Why do you hate your bodies? Why do you hate shitting? What the fuck is going on? I hate it. I hate it so much it makes no sense. It's fucking crazy. It is so, it's just like, what does this say about you? What does this say about your own sense of self-respect, your own sense of dignity that you don't think you deserve to comfortably pee? It's like being in bondage all the time, everywhere that you go. And granted, obviously, like I said, I gotta pee more than most people. But everybody's gotta pee. Everybody's gotta go to the bathroom sometimes. And here, it's like a constant, oh, maybe you're not allowed. That's what it it feels like. Maybe you're not allowed to. Oh, you don't have a dollar? You're not allowed to take a shit. Oh, you're just here at the mall to buy some stuff? Well, go home and piss there, because there's no bathroom here. It's fucking 100% ridiculous. So anyway, I find that kind of interesting because, like I said uh, before, the whole sort of seed of this book I'm writing about space aliens was about traveling and how uh, alien it feels to be in different places. So I was thinking like, oh, it's a little weird now that I've come back and I don't feel that way, you know, that the volume's turned down, everything feels much more normal, much more easy to navigate. I really didn't get any new... uh, grist for that mill. No more fuel for that fire. It just doesn't feel that weird anymore. Except the bathroom thing. If I ever need to remember like, alright I got my outsider alien character when I need to remember like the kind of distaste she feels for the being in a foreign place and a foreign culture and their foreign ways and their foreign decisions and choices. This'll do it man. This is good enough. I just feel like there is just no possible way to justify making your culture this miserable vis-a-vis kicking back and taking a shit except that you're just following what happened before somehow this is what got set into place and you're just going along with it you're just like yeah i guess that's just how it is i guess we'll just keep doing this i guess when we bring mcdonald's into our country we will still make you pay to use the bathroom. You fucking psychopaths. (laughs) So yeah, having a better time, having a better trip, having a a much better experience, but the bathroom thing can fuck off, and it's it's insane. It's ridiculous. Man, though, speaking of my favorite topic, bathrooms, one thing I think is interesting is... uh, my like favorite place to just go hang out and i found it because i was looking for a bathroom but it the uh, world trade center by south station in amsterdam not only is there just like a bathroom that's open you can just go use it's super well maintained there's like cleaning people around all the time because this is like a big business district around here everyone's wearing suits and doing their businessy shit and it's all fancy and that whole building that world trade center building is like super beautiful i mean there's two of them i only have ever been in the one side but just really beautiful super well maintained giant ceilings big windows everywhere and just these like awesome tables and chairs and places you can hang out and just plug in your laptop and have free wi-fi and like i just go there and do work it's like a little office building And i don't know it's this it's neat to kind of like just to go to these businessy places that are kind of like maybe not where I'm supposed to be you know I'm just this fucking bum (laughs) hanging around doing this bohemian writing a novel dog shit spending my mom's money I'm just like a loser idiot who's trying to put off doing laundry because it's so expensive (laughs) to do laundry here but if you just like and, you know, if you go to the just crappy-ass places that where I'm probably supposed to be, then you got to spend a dollar to use the bathroom. But if you go to the fancy business place, like, they're like, fuck that. We want a bathroom. We need a bathroom. We're high-tech business folk. We wear suits and ties every day. We don't have time for this bullshit. We want things to be nice. And it is nice. Like, it's this gorgeous building. It's, like, carpeted. It's weird when you just go to the little fucking public table and plug in your laptop. I'm always like, I hope I, I hope my shoes aren't dirty. I feel weird that I'm I'm not like in a mall environment. I'm not in a fast food environment. I'm in a place with carpet and floors. <laughs> I don't want to fuck it up. But yeah, I don't know, that's kind of cool to just kind of like short circuit your station in life. Just ignore where you are not supposed to be or are supposed to be. I mean, I'm just a dorky ass book writing guy. I can get away with this. I'm not slovenly enough to stand out. It seems like, yeah, I guess that guy's supposed to be here. And it's super nice and great. I just can hang out there. It's awesome. It reminds me of, uh, like the high-level beggars or whatever, <laughs> where the first time I ever found out about this was in Vancouver. It's like, instead of just standing on a street corner and holding out your hand and hoping for a dollar, it's these dudes in suits that are just flim-flam men, you know? and they tell the story about how their fucking credit card got shut off and they just need 20 bucks for lunch. And, you know, it's like easier for them to talk someone into... You know, it's easier for them to talk another guy in a suit into giving them 20 bucks than it would be for them to just stand on the street corner and wait for a small change. I don't quite know what point I'm trying to make, really. I guess just explore all the different, (laughs) you know, the different sides it's kind of cool to walk around the red light district where uh, you got to be careful not to step and vomit all the time but it's also cool to just go to the business place and uh just act like you belong there i mean right now i'm in this like there's like this little garden and a nice little table i'm just hanging out here it's like all right cool i guess this is a big part of. like this this weird traveling life that I've got where everything I own fits in a book bag and I just get the cheapest little crappy Airbnb. Like the room I'm staying in now is this tiny little room. It's gonna get even smaller in Tokyo cause it's literally just gonna be a bed with uh, a curtain around it. But that's fine cause uh, you know, I just use my my room or whatever to sleep, you know? The rest of the time I'm just out and about in a city. Like people are always asking me, If I've done anything here, like, oh, did you go do anything? Did you see stuff? Did you go to a museum? Did you go to the Anne Frank house or whatever? It's like, no, man, like, I don't do stuff when I go places. It's not like a fun vacation or whatever, because I don't find that fun. (laughs) I find that stressful. I really am just hanging out. Like, I really am just absorbing. I just want to learn about the place. I want to learn about the neighborhoods. I want to learn how it feels and it's like kind of mundane in a way because it all feels the same it all just feels like whatever just life just you know whatever just different places but again i don't know what i'm rambling about so let's just wrap this up what i wanted to say is one thing about this solo traveling it is kind of tough like i had to work up to it you gotta it's not easy to just travel on your own initially like i kind of did it in waves where when i was in vancouver working at this cheesecake shop that i brought up I remember after I quit that cheesecake shop, that was kind of round one. It's like, all right, I had my cheesecake shop friends and then, uh, you know, I was just kind of hanging out by myself for the last bit of that stretch in that town. I still knew people. I could go hang out with the cheesecake shop people, but it wasn't easy anymore, you know? It wasn't just automatic because I was going to work. I'd have to make the effort. So I kind of didn't really make the effort. I just hung out by myself and I was like, all right, this is okay, I can, I can get used to this. It's a weird feeling to just, on your own but you know i was getting i was getting okay at it but then i you know started trying to travel overseas and stuff and it was way too much and way too intense so then i slowed it down a bit It was like okay hold on that's too much but let's just uh take it in steps i went back to toronto where i know people but i used to have roommates in toronto this time i was just like okay i'm just by myself i still see people every you know a couple times a week i hang out with people but mostly i was kind of on my own Then I upped it by going to Montreal, where I am still in Canada, it's pretty easy. But it does have that kind of European feeling, and uh, it is a foreign language, but it's a language I can speak, and it's like, I don't know anybody in Montreal anymore. My grandma used to live there, but she passed away at the age of 102. But uh, yeah, I got good at it, and I'm like, wow, I've been here like two months, three months, all by myself, and it's mostly okay. And then that's when it's like, alright, I think I can do this, and yeah, this is kind of proving that I can, now that I'm out here and I'm going to Tokyo and like, I'll see my friend Brad a little bit in Japan, but I'll mostly be by myself. Anyway, you just, you get used to it, but I don't think you can ever get fully used to it. You can't just be by yourself and not know anybody and not have it be weird. It's definitely weird. And now that I've been here a while, like three weeks I've been here, I guess, it's starting to feel weird where I'm just starting to feel like disconnected, like a little bit like I'm in a dream. I don't know, just when you're not connected to a social system, you know, you're not connected to any kind of social hierarchy. When I was back home before this, you know, I was just like at least with the family unit, and when I'm in other places I'm like hanging out with my friends. Here I'm just by myself and it does just feel kind of weird and I start to get a little disconnected where I almost don't know how I feel, I feel weird. Like days like this when I'm tired, sometimes I don't realize right away that I'm tired till like I start walking around and I'm like, oh shit, right, I didn't sleep very much yesterday. I feel all fucked up. Or sometimes I'm just like having a day where it's like real rainy and just gloomy and I'm just like, oh, I just feel like crap. Like, what am I doing here? What the fuck? kind of wish I would just move on to Tokyo. Like this is maybe too long in this one weird city. But what I always find, no matter what weird state of mind I'm in, no matter what weird mindset I'm in, or uh, particularly if I'm between mindsets and I just can't figure out what's going on with my brain. i found that my mood is always kind of connected to writing. Because I think, you know, writing is kind of how I primarily identify myself to myself. Like, this is the thing that I do that I think is the most important, that is my ultimate like thing I want to succeed at. And like even if I'm having one of these weird days where I'm just like adrift and feeling strange or feeling kind of, even directly feeling kind of bad or feeling kind of noticeably kind of, depressed is too strong a word, but you know, just like a little bit sullen on a whatever day. Once I sit down and do some writing, I always feel better, every time. Like I never sit down and do some writing and don't feel better, (laughs) you know? It always helps. But this is where the granularity and weirdness of writing, like you know, it really is just a basic task. You just stick with it and stick with it and stick with it and do it, and it's in a a way not complicated. But once you start getting into the complexities of it, it's so complicated. So, like how I was saying last episode, how I felt like I was working too much on writing and I was getting too far ahead of myself. Like my writing was outstripping my brain's ability to parse that writing like I was writing stuff that I didn't feel good about anymore I was writing stuff that I wasn't sure I liked I wasn't writing stuff that felt good it got to the point where I was writing too much and it's like I think this might be bad I think I'm writing bad stuff right now and I gotta slow down but on the other hand if I write too slow that's when I just feel like a drag and I feel kind of depressed and I'm like oh like this is my whole thing this is my whole thing is I gotta get some writing done every day and if I don't Then what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, like I feel like I can smooth over a lot of weird shit as long as I get some writing done. I can smooth over a lot of weird feelings and a lot of bizarre life choices of floating around Europe by myself (laughs) and stupid shit, wasting all my parents' money. As long as I get some writing done, like at least then I'm still getting my goal accomplished. And if I don't, I just feel bad. So what I've been finding, and this is hyper-specific advice, you know? Like, this is really probably just for me. I don't know that this would help anybody or be applicable to anybody, but I might as well just chronicle it, right? What I've found for myself that seems like the greatest way to hit a nice balance of not writing too much, not pushing myself too hard, not, uh, you know, I don't want things to collapse because I'm going too fast. But in order to get enough done that I feel good a great way to kind of modulate this to fucking work the uh what are some driving terms attenuator i don't even know what i'm saying (laughs) a great way to to regulate the regulator is to uh just at each change of venue during the day to do some writing so like for instance get up go to the bus stop it's a relatively long bus ride from Uwe into Amsterdam. So, you know, I got some fucking podcasts and little videos on my phone and comic books and shit. But I got to make sure what I do when I get on the bus, do some writing first. Open up one of my things that I'm working on, do some writing, and then whatever. And then I can just fuck off on the rest of the bus ride if I want. Then when I get into Amsterdam, say for instance, I come here to South Station, go to the uh, World Trade Center building sit down, do some writing. Whatever else I'm going to do, that's fine. Do a little writing first, then do whatever, and then pee in their beautiful bathroom. Then from there, all right, I think I'll get on the train and go deeper into Amsterdam on the metro. So the first thing I do, that's a pretty short ride, but get on the metro, do a little writing right away. Then when I get into Amsterdam, uh, maybe I'll go to the library or go to one of the Starbucks or whatever. When I get there, do a little writing. So basically, it just, it's like these little dollops of writing throughout the day that if I do more, that's great. But this is like a great amount just to make sure that I feel good about what I'm doing. I do feel like I'm i am hitting my potential. I'm doing a good amount of stuff each day and I'm taking little breaks in between and I feel like I am getting the best out of my brain, you know? And at the end of the day, I always feel way better. I'm like, yeah, whatever else happened this day, who knows what happened that day? But I probably did, you know, at least half a dozen little dollops of writing throughout the day. Really, minimum four, because I want to work on each of my little stories that I'm working on once per day. And then, ideally, the main one, the main novel, well, I'll work on more than once, but at least once. And sometimes it might be like eight times a day, you know, just like a bunch of little things that I did throughout the day. And it feels fairly unstressful, it doesn't feel like I'm putting too much pressure on myself. It's a great way to just to regulate stuff. Like, I guess that's what I I like about it. It's the basic sort of like just going to work, going home, doing the loop. Everybody does the loop. You know, you just do the loop of what you do each day and you do it over and over day after day. And that just really works. The, The reason everybody does that is that's what works. That's what's comfortable. Like instead of expending a bunch of energy every single day to try to figure out the whole existential crisis of your stupid fucking life you just do the pattern you don't have to expend the energy because the pattern's already there and i guess because i have this weird life where i'm just drifting around i don't often have a distinct pattern like that i really can't survive in a pattern like that it drives me crazy but i noticed one summer i was in montreal like that i do enjoy that pattern like the pattern i got into was walking up to um the top of Mount Royal because it's a pretty easy walk it takes an hour or two beautiful view nice lodge on the top and it's just like all right that's what I'm going to do every day I'm going to walk up to the top of Mount Royal do some work come back down I did that for like two straight months almost every day and it was just great it just felt good I'm like oh this is why people like the patterns this is why people like the consistent job or school or you know the habits Because it really is, like I was saying last episode, like how uh, Steve Jobs didn't spend energy deciding what he was going to wear every day. He just wore a turtleneck and jeans every day. It's similar to that. It's like, I don't have to question what I'm going to do today. My energy doesn't need to go toward that. It just, I know what I'm going to do. And you can adapt that even to weird situations like mine. Like, I don't quite know where I'm going to go each day. It's, It's relatively decided because I have to go somewhere where I can go to the bathroom. Amsterdam you fucks but within that it is such uh it's so good to have that routine to just know to tell myself like once I get on the bus I'm gonna work on some writing once I get to a coffee shop I'm gonna work on some writing at each stage at each step in the day every time the venue changes I'm gonna do some writing and uh yeah it's just nice because it doesn't let the day slip away I never have a day where I'm like oh fuck what happened today It's just walking around, lost. (laughs) Like the other day, I took a a different bus into town and uh, it didn't go where I expected it to go. And I, I was just walking around Amsterdam. It was a great day, it was cool. I'm like, man, this is neat. I don't even know where I fucking am. days like that it's easy to get nothing done but that day you know i did some work on that bus before i got lost and then once i found out where i was and figured out where i was and went back to central station and went to a starbucks and did more work and it's like yeah that's all i'm trying to say is that you can i guess it's good to have a habit it's good to have a pattern it's similar to what i said ages ago but about working every day don't take a day off work seven days a week because then you never have to worry about expending energy on that question of, should today be the day off? If there's no day off, you don't question. You just do the work. So this is that same idea, just more granular. When am I going to get my writing done during the day? Any time that I sit down somewhere. Anytime. If I'm Even if it's waiting for a bus. Sometimes there's like a 10-minute wait for the bus. That could be a good time. Sit down, do some work. Get on the bus, do a little more work. Go to the coffee shop, do a little more work, etc., i mean actually it just just suddenly occurred to me that yeah now that i'm sitting here at this little bench i just found this nice little bench in this nice little fucking park little parkette i'm pretty isolated there's business people walking by all day but most of them have uh, headphones in they don't seem to care too much that i'm sitting here talking to myself that this is a perfect example i'm sitting down once i wrap up this podcast i'm gonna pull out my fucking phone do a little writing before i stand up and i've I presume where I'm going next is back to the World Trade Center because I'm drinking a coffee and I need to pee it out. So when I get there, you know, I'll sit down in one of their big fancy chairs, do a little work. This day might be coming to a close. Instead of going deeper into Amsterdam, I might just go back to Urethorne. when I get on that bus, do a little work. Bing, bang, boom. It all adds up from chapter 12 to chapter 31 or 32 now. It's like fucking magic, man. And you know the thing too with this like doing a little work at each change of venue i mean i think that's kind of it's what people are already doing anyway you know like like i didn't have a proper smartphone until recently and it's still not really a proper phone you know it's got no data plan it's got no it's no nothing it's just wi-fi i guess right now since the phone part doesn't work in europe but oftentimes I'd be that guy at the bar where there's that moment where everybody, you can be at a table with seven people and they're all looking at their phone except me because I don't have any reason to look at my phone because it doesn't do anything, you know? I don't have a data plan. And I don't know if it's realistic to suggest to people that they don't have a data plan because I don't know what your life is. I don't know what your job is. Maybe you really do need it. But, but maybe if you can, not have it try not to have it because like this this idea of going to the phone at each different stage of my day and doing a little work i'm doing the same thing everyone else is doing except they're not doing work you know they're just going on their phone and checking instagram or playing bejeweled or something like everybody does it everybody gets on the subway and pulls out their phone everybody gets to the coffee shop and pulls out their phone I'm doing the same thing. Like if you look at me along with everyone else, the only difference is that I have an older phone that has a slide-out keyboard (laughs) because I find that much easier to write on, but you can probably write on a touch screen. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it. It sounds like a nightmare to me, but you could probably pull that off. Some people are good at it, even if it was clunky. I mean, it would still be progress. You know, it would still be writing notes at least. But again, like take away the option, you know, don't give yourself additional hurdles. Like if you have a data plan and you have Instagram and you have whatever little game on your phone, that's always going to be the first impulse. It's just so easy to sit down with your phone and just pull up these things and like there's nothing there you know i mean i do it too as soon as i get on wi-fi it's like all right check my twitter check my facebook check my email there's no need you know you could check all that stuff one time a day and you'd be fine but i do it too like that's the thing i know how hard it is not to i know how kind of pattern-based and addictive it is addicting addictive whatever But if you don't have the option, you don't have the option. You know, when I sit down on the subway with my phone, I can't do any of those things because I don't have a data plan. And it just, so hey, why not? Why not write instead? Gotta do some. I still have, you know, I could either write or I could watch this little movie on my phone. I still have that choice to make, but it's still less of a choice. It's easier to make the right choice, I guess is what I'm saying. It's like junk food you know it's like when people try to eat well it's like well don't have junk food in the house don't give yourself the option if you want to eat junk food you gotta go walk down to the corner store and buy a bag of chips it's like that it's like if i want to check the junk food of my facebook i gotta go find some wi-fi you know whatever i'll get to some later i'll be at a coffee shop later and i can do that then but while i'm on the train while i'm on the subway while i'm waiting for the bus there's no fucking wi-fi so i do some work you know man Just like, you know, build up, not just build up good habits, but try to make your good habits as easy as possible. All right. So uh, to wrap up, I was talking about the image, the podcast image, which if you look at your phone right now, you can probably see that I was saying how I forgot to add that to a couple of the old MP3s. That image I picked because it's this comic book called Finder by Carlos Speed McNeil, which is this really awesome comic, but it's actually, it's, it's kind of complicated, it's dense. It's about, it's like the future, but it's one of those kind of rundown futures, and it's this giant domed city, and it's just like the different stories that happen within that city, mostly based around this one guy, this guy named Jaeger. And it's all really good, and I recommend it a lot. It's one of those things that if you're at like, uh, Any of those bookstores like BMV, it's called in Toronto, where it's like kind of, you know, remaindered books, discount books, when they've just got way too many copies of stuff. A lot of times you can find finder books (laughs) at those places. And particularly there's like, there's these two collections that are enormous. I think there's only two collections. But yeah, just these giant collections that you can usually get for a pretty good deal. And I recommend them. They're really good. But in particular, the best, uh, because, you know, it's like different little chapters and different little stories that are all kind of interconnected. But my favorite one, it's called Talisman. And it's like this little three-issue arc of the comic that is about this girl who wants to be a writer. So you can see why I like it. And it's just like always stuck with me. I've read it so many times over and over. You can get it as its own collection too, but it's also in the big giant collection. Man, now I'm thinking about that. I wonder if I can find a copy. Probably not. Probably not in Amsterdam. It'd be silly to truck a gigantic finder comic with me to japan <laughs> but i don't know i really feel like i want to read that again now but uh yeah talisman in particular it's a story about a girl it's like when she's younger and uh this guy reads a story to her and then as she gets older she realizes he was kind of making up the story it wasn't because she finds the book she's like that was my favorite book when i was a kid and then she reads it and she's like oh shit, this sucks this wasn't the story at all he was embellishing he was making up stuff And she kind of thinks like, to get that story that I remember from when I was a kid, I gotta make it. That's the only way it's gonna get made. And it's such a great comic. I recommend it a zillion percent. So just in case you're ever wondering what that image is or where it came from, that's from the Finder comic, Talisman. And uh, for Song of the Day, let's play uh, the song Talisman by the band Air. (laughs) It's just a nice little instrumental sweet-ass little song. Seems appropriate. All right, that's it for this episode. I'm going to put this thing away. I'm going to do some writing. All right, I'll see you later. And actually, you know, here's a little, if I can just be uh, unbearably pretentious for a minute, <laughs> just get some fake Zen fucking dog shit, is uh, I think these things tie together. Just suddenly it kind of occurred to me that, uh, this, way that uh, <laughs> this way that I live, don't tell people how I live, is uh, yeah, not having a lot of stuff myself not having, like, well, like, take the the house thing, right? So I don't care where I stay. I just need a place to go fucking have a door I can close and a place I can sleep. And, uh, you know, like, a lot of my friends have stuff. They have nice places. They have cool things. But I don't really feel particularly like I'm missing out on that stuff because I've got the world, <laughs> you know? Like, instead of trying to... Instead of trying to have my little box and like, I've got a great little box, look at all the cool stuff in my little box. I don't care about the box. You know, the box is literally just a box to sleep in. So I just make use of public spaces, public stuff. Like uh, this episode, it's actually, this episode's kind of chopped up. I'm doing a lot of editing in between spaces. Like I was in Uythorn this morning. Then I was at the World Trade Center by South Station. Now I don't know where I am. I just got off the bus halfway home because there was this cool lake and I was like, just want to go check it out. Let's see, uh, Klim Park Fun Forest, K-L-I-M Park Fun Forest. There's like uh, this nice lake. There's this fucking park. There's a bunch of flowers. I think these are not tulips for once. (laughs) This big lodge, just cool. I was like, let me just get off the bus here. Let me see what this is. And uh, so, I mean, that's the philosophy, right? Is, like, I don't need to struggle to have my own little dollop of nice stuff. Like, oh, here's my little stuff that I own. Here's my things that I have. Look how nice they are. Because if you don't have anything, (laughs) then you get to just go have the world instead. Like, there's no reason for me to stay home. Because there's nothing there. It's not even my home. It's a monthly fucking Airbnb rental. I don't want to stay there. I don't want to go back there. I'm just there to go to sleep, just to have a little space to myself, to unwind a little bit, watch fucking WrestleMania. But in the day, I'm just out in the world. And there's nothing better than that, you know? Like, you can't have better stuff than the world, like this lake that I'm by right now. There's nothing better than this, it's not coming. You can't own better than this unless you're like a psycho. You know, you'd have to be like a crazy rich asshole to own your own lake, and that's not gonna make you happy. That's gonna make you an insane psycho, you know? (laughs) Like, when you have nothing, you have everything. Like, you just, when you don't, you don't draw that line of like, here's my stuff, and you can't have it, but this is my stuff. Look how good my stuff is. This particular lake, actually, this kind of sucks. There's, uh, fences, a weird canal blocking things off. This is a little annoying. I think I'm basically just going to turn right around and go back on the bus. But hey, who knows, right? That was just the test. That's like, let's just go check it out. Maybe I'll come back here every day. Maybe I'll never come back again. But it's just like, let's just go explore. Let's just go see the world. Let's just go take part in it. And that's partially why I was so disappointed how much trouble I had traveling before and why I'm so glad I'm getting over that hump and why this feels like an important step. is because it's, it is just kind of growing. It's like, okay, if I just make use of the public spaces in whatever city I'm in, if I just go to a public spot and I just go hang out there all day and I'm just there, I'm just out in the world, that's where I do my writing, that's where I work on my computer, it's where I do my stuff. I just want to expand that like okay let's learn about this new neighborhood oh let's oh i can take the train to the next city over look at that oh i can fly to a different city oh i can fly to a different country oh the world like that's i guess what i'm aiming for i if i can especially if i can make money as a writer and have a mobile job that'll be the greatest so i can stop fucking sponging off my poor hardworking parents but i want the world to be my place you know i just want the world to be the place i'm at And that's why I am so deeply offended by the bathroom situation in the Netherlands. Like, that social philosophy offends me. I am 100% opposed to that mindset of driving people away from public spaces and driving them away from being able to just exist in the world because you can't even piss. You know, I hate that. I hate it. It is exactly the reverse of what I value in life and what I think life should be about. You should just be able to go explore places and enjoy them, (laughs) you know? That's, That's what it should be. And I've never been to a place where they make that less palatable than a place that either has no bathrooms or charges you money These weird, antiquated coins. Everything else is moving really fast toward... I was thinking of that. Everything's moving really fast toward cards. Is that going to be the next step? Are people just going to have to fucking tap their debit card to get into the bathroom? Stop charging for the bathroom! Just stop it, you pieces of shit, you fucking idiots! Stop it! You don't need 50 cents! Don't charge people to go to the bathroom! Don't do it! Like, I don't know. (laughs) This is where you need an iron ruler to fucking rule you like a king. You need someone to just step in and say, stop it, no more of this. We're not doing this anymore. Law repealed or law applied. (laughs) I don't know, because I don't know how this even came about. I don't know what the reason is for this, but someone needs to come in and say, no, stop, no more. You're not charging for the bathroom anymore. No one else on the earth does this. Stop! (sighs) Man. You know, actually, as I explore this park a little more, it's actually kind of cool. It's way bigger than I thought it was. It's mostly uh, sports-type fields and stuff, although it goes way further. I might come back here sometime and walk deeper into it, but it's kind of cool, and it's just uh, these nice little moments, like uh, I was walking along, these guys were like barbecuing some chicken skewers, and the dude asked if I wanted one. I presume, again, it was just in Dutch, I don't know what he said. (laughs) I didn't take him up on it, but just cool. I like those little moments like that. And uh, then I just walked by, there's like a tour bus that's, you know, waiting. Obviously the people are getting a tour of this little park. And the bus driver lady's just sitting in the front of the bus, reading a book, (laughs) just waiting. I love those little moments, it's just cool. it's not a bad, not a bad little park. I did find uh, a little lodge that uh, had bathrooms that were uh, completely locked and inaccessible. So close, I was like, oh, are there there bathrooms there? Am I gonna have to eat my words? Unfortunately not.